to the show. Welcome to Moswell's Intuition. It is Human of the Week time, and my Human of the Week is the Rainbow Tuxedo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So he's a good friend of mine, a fellow thinker, project manager, creative, outgoing, multi-potentialite human. I always search for good energy and good humor in all who surrounds me. And so I found the Rainbow Tuxedo about three years ago, and we fell in love, as I call it. The meaning of love is a platonic human relationship that drives passionate discussion while stimulating brain function through exciting and productive encounters and experiences, in my opinion. So ultimately, he is the most charismatic gem, and he delights me fully. So thank you for being here, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. So why Rainbow Tuxedo? Um, it's a combination of dapper and homosexuality that really does it. Uh, so this, there's a little bit of a story here. I was in a relationship with, uh, to this day, the love of my life for five years uh, in Calgary. And I, I don't know, there was something, there was something amiss, not something bad, just, just an, an ill fit in one, two situations. I, something missing. Something missing. He wasn't perfect. There's just something missing from the relationship. Um, we actually had plans to sell all of our belongings, houses, uh, cars, trucks, trailers, and move to Spain. I was in the process of building an online fulfillment by Amazon business, uh, and then I kind of just threw everything in the back of my car and drove north. Well, no more Spain, and now Yukon bound. Yukon bound, com- probably the complete opposite of Spain. Instead of churros and hot chocolate for breakfast and wine at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I have... Uh, a little bit of sunshine in the afternoon and, I don't know, whale blubber for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> if you're eating whale blubber. <laughs> yeah, I might, I, might be, I might be a little bit too far north in my head here. Right. Uh, anyway, I made my way to the north. Um, I had a couple friends here who act as my support uh, system. Um, hung out with them, met some friends, met some really cool people. Decided I would stay for the summer because I have never spent a summer up here. Had an amazing time. Uh, and I believe that's where you came in. I was running a little short on cash, decided to get a restaurant job, and you were my interviewee. Right, right. Er, sorry, interviewer. Yeah, and you were the best candidate I had out of all of, of my resumes. Obviously, I am the rainbow <laughs> tuxedo. Uh, oh, yes, and then we worked together for a long time and just, you know, had the best best time because we both love wine, we both love service, we both loved restaurants, mm. food, music, I think that's, thinking in general. Yeah, I yeah. think that's where, where our relationship started was wine and service. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of people who do the job, but there's not a whole lot of people who do the job well. I think it's because it comes from a little bit of an internal place. It does. Some yeah. A little passion area. Passion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The desire. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone who has ever worked in a restaurant knows what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we mentioned uh, previously that I referred to you as a multi-potentialite. Some people call it a polymath. So do you recognize yourself in this? Very much so. Um, and probably to define for your listeners what a multipotentialite is. Um, I mean, I know there are different definitions for the different terms here, but to me, a multipotentialite is somebody who is good at a broad spectrum of things, um, but not uh, doesn't go insanely deep on anyone. In my head, the benefits of being a multipotentialite are... You kind of get you get experience in a broad spectrum of things, which allows you the ability to uh, cross disciplines. So you become generally more of a problem solver, more of an innovator um, than someone, say, who is a PhD uh, student who who specifies on one the specific thing. Focus. The narrow focus, which yeah. is insanely valuable and super necessary, um, but but without multipotentialites. We would have no innovation. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I think we're smattered through the crowd because the world needs... I mean, the perfect pair of people would be a 
someone who specifies, who who's very into one thing and the multi-potential, right? Because it's the, the cross-boundary team right there. But even the people who are specialized in areas and who are insanely intelligent, they need to be organized. And that's where <laughs> we come in, right? Yes. That's my view of it anyways. Yeah, yeah. All right, so my next question is, what do you want to be when you grow up? I know this question is often more difficult for multi-potentialites since there's a million things that we want to do in our life. But are there things in your life that are missing, something that you've always longed for and wished you could have or qualities of someone else you could be? I know that as a multi-potentialite myself, I'm always searching for different things and in different experiences. Is that the same for you? Um I think we'd have to break these questions down first off. Yeah, well, we can rewind. Yeah, let's do the rewind. For, firstly, the what do you want to be when you grow up is to me more of a who do you want to be when you grow up because there there's there's a whole a whole world of things that I want to engage myself in and accomplish. Um, doing one thing for money my whole life and one maybe one thing as a passion like. If I were to be an accountant woodworker, I'd throw myself off of a cliff. Not that either of those are bad, but... Um, I like that today. you use accountant <laughs> woodworker. Yeah, yeah. My father's an accountant. Uh, he's, he seems to like it. Okay. I don't know. It just, it's Is just... Is your mama woodworker? Is that where you're... <laughs> She's a tooth worker, actually. Okay. Yeah. No, my... I, I just... There are so many things that I'd like to engage myself in tomorrow I might want to be a custodian and the day after that I might want to be I don't know, an actor the day after that I might want to be in the circus and the day after that I might want to be a marine biologist and I feel that I, yeah. I know you do I know you do um, so I, I prefer who do you want to be when you grow up and who I want to be when I grow up is the kind of person who has one the internal resources and two the external resources to be able to accomplish those things Cherry pick the absolute shit out yeah. of people. The absolute <laughs> shit out of people. I mean, I think that's the. Um, we're not inventors. We're innovators. Everything. Everything already exists in the universe in some capacity. We're just here to pick up, pick up the pieces we like along the way. And I, I do that all the time. Sometimes I find like you. I found you. You, you just struck me as this very cool person. And I think with you, it was. One tattoo, since I've known you've gotten a series of tattoos. Running on the space. But two, you, you take things that you feel really passionate about and you run with them. Like, like this, this podcast is... A lot of people think, I should do a podcast or I should paint a painting or I should learn the synth or whatever the hell you play and, and, <laughs> and make a song and... And then they say, yeah, and they pat themselves on the back and they say, you're a really creative person for thinking that you should do that. And they never do it, but you will always do it. I try. You try. Well, you don't know if you're going to be good at something until you, you try, try it. it. Three times. And generally, <laughs> if I'm trying something, I'm stubborn enough that I'm going to keep trying until I'm at least kind of good at it. Yeah. I've already put effort into it, right? Yeah. 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 See, that's that's what I'm I'm trying to cherry pick from you is a little bit of that determination. I cherry pick from other people. I don't know. Like, um, if I see somebody who I really latch on to and they they can juggle, God, do I want to juggle? You're gonna get them to teach you. How I'm gonna to get them to teach me how to juggle, and that generally <laughs> does, it not not necessarily ends up with me learning how to juggle, but it definitely ends up with a new friend. I think that, uh, I don't know, maybe the reason that we also connect, yeah, we, we met at a restaurant, but we both had years and years and years of experience beyond the point that we met, filled with other multi-potentialites. Yes. Like, I don't know if anyone listening has ever met a restaurant family, <laughs> but they literally are the weirdest, strangest crew of people ever. Like yeah. they just are. They they all have dreams and aspirations that are way bigger than all of them combined. Yeah. Um. Very talented at very weird things. Yeah. Generally, yeah. and they all have a lot of issues as well. That they worked. You know, through together. I find it's their issues that make them. I find it's their <laughs> issues that make them. It's the and no, it's the the I don't know what the metaphor would be. Not even diamond in the rough, but like time and 
pressure and heat makes diamonds. What about that one? Yeah. Does that work? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think it would be safe to say that I've met a lot of multi-potentialites in the restaurant industry. Did not surprise me that you were one as well. <laughs> um, if anything, I think what I would cherry pick from you in the last few years of knowing you your urge to dance all the time. <laughs> I love dancing, but you get a couple of drinks in this man and he just completely subconscious. Yeah. There's no controlling yeah. it. No you controlling. You know that it. you're drunk when I see you out in public and you're like, the only words that come out of your mouth is ah! <laughs> <laughs> Even even at the office in the most boring environment of all time, standing in front of a computer, type 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 in a way. No, there'll be a song in my head and someone will walk by and give me the business for dancing with my computer. <laughs> well, so dancing obviously drives you, but what else drives you? <laughs> <laughs> so you've talked about uh, your focus on innovation and entrepreneurship a tiny bit. So how about you tell me a little bit more about like your philosophy you say that you're transitioning from 9 to 5 to a more clever and time-effective way of living. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah. Um, so first off, the my whole re- restaurant industry experience was it started in my 20s as the most beautiful way to travel um, because you become a bartender or a server. You can go anywhere, almost anywhere in the world, anywhere all the good places in the world and you can get a job and you instantly have very livable income. I never, when I was in university, thought that I would end up in the old nine to five regime. I don't want the two kids and the white picket fence and I'll have the dog. I'll definitely have the dog. All the dogs. All the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, ne- I never wanted that. I never wanted, um, I don't know, anything that feels like it would root you down like who I a lot of people want to buy houses that's their dream I just want to buy a house and fill it with things and then have two cars and that scares the absolute shit out of me Do you me. think they really want that though or no. is this all that they know That's all that they know nobody wants that I, okay I'll take that back there are a couple people whose core value is just straight up security and having a house and a place to put all your things and your family around you if that is the way you want to live your life you go right ahead I I it, so maybe get, it's more personality based. Maybe they that is security for them. Yeah. I, I don't know. I grew up on the road. Yeah. In a motorhome with my family. So security was that the motorhome ran <laughs> <laughs> and that we ate food. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I I I don't know. I think I think more people choose the home lifestyle because they think it's what they're supposed to do. Uh, than actually want that. And I think that's why there are high divorce rates and no spousal abuse and murder. Um, Definitely the murder. Yeah, the murder. <laughs> Chronic masturbation, uh, overeating, over TV watching. I just think people aren't really t- tapping into what they really want to do. Well, they're not being clever about it. They're not being clever about it. I think I think the first step is just reject reject the things that you think you want and actually figure out if you want them or not. How did you do that? I just never wanted them. All right. Yeah. Maybe maybe I have to take some of my own medicine and reject my ideas about living the nomadic lifestyle and, and see if it's actually what I want. But I it's... Well, I think you have. You've been stationary here mm. in Whitehorse and for a while. And it's driving me insane. I love Whitehorse, <laughs> but my feet are so itchy. Well, I think that's every you, Connor, ever. <laughs> Come on, like you've listened, you, you've talked to people around town, and what do they always say? That you always come I, back. You always come back, yeah. And I could see that uh, if this was beach town. <laughs> I think we we straight away. What was the what was the root of this 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 well, tangent? No, we're, we're still talking about transitioning from your nine to five to a more clever oh, and effective way yeah. of so, living. So I think we started with uh, restaurant industry was an amazing way to travel mm-hmm. in the youth. Um, after that, once I started trying to trying to establish myself, I think I was probably twenty seven or twenty eight. I've involved myself in a series of entrepreneurial endeavors. I've always used the restaurant industry as a bit of a background to keep me afloat. Uh, and I made a little bit of money in, in some areas, but definitely nothing has, has taken. 
Um, and that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. A series of failures is is exactly where you should be if you want to be, you know, if you want a series of successes to follow. Um, but I, this is the first nine to five I've had. I've been, I've been going at it for about a year now. Um, at first, it was, I have to say, a little bit relieving. It's the first time I've had the bank account full. I'm doing very project-oriented work, so I'm my own. I'm not my own boss, but I make my own schedule. Um, <clears throat> get to interact with people. What I do has purpose and a greater meaning to it. Just somehow, I've fallen into a project that is is engaging like that. Um, I can't really complain, but still, the itch is there. It's, I feel like having something that I go to and engage myself in for eight hours a day to find me is really, really breaking me. It's just breaking my soul a little bit. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean I won't continue down this path for a little bit, but I can't see it being my path forever. What I what I feel like, we live in a different age now. We live in an, an age of information technology. There's, there's globalization, there's all of these tools that allow you the opportunity, if you're clever, to put something together real quick with a couple bucks in a couple hours and then have it, have it pay you out over the next 20 years or 100 years or however long people live these days. I don't know. Definitely not 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, what I've always been interested in is an ulterior way of living. I don't see nine to five and then you have your nights and you have your weekends and you have a couple of weeks vacation as a legitimate really a legitimate way to live you see yourself like on a yacht somewhere with a laptop yeah working. yeah but honestly even if i even if i weren't on a beach or on a yacht every single day of the week drinking mai tais and you know banging <laughs> bitches <laughs> i i i i, I I, I see myself working towards things, you know? The first step is get enough money so that you can do other things with that money. Generally build businesses, but I don't know. What if, what if you want to take a year and go do something philanthropic? You know, you can't do that if you work nine to five and, and your main goal in life is saving 10% of your, every paycheck so that when you're 60, you can, I don't know, watch Jeopardy. Well, and, I think that's kind of... It's kind of changing with our generation. A lot of careers are morphing into more work at home, work on the road. Yeah, totally. But I think that's because a lot of people our age are not wanting a nine to five. They don't yeah. want to be stuck in an office. Like, yeah. I know like, like our parents, that's all they dreamed of. They didn't want to work in fast food their whole <laughs> life, right? So they moved up the chains, became yeah. managers, and got office jobs or whatever. And it was the life. The it life. was the thing. Right? Yeah, the respect of your peers. You had, you had a boat probably. I don't exactly. know. Yeah. But I think that our generation is much different. Yeah. I think we value time a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So what drives your decision-making? Like going through your experience so now you're you're at a nine-to-five situation you don't know how long it's gonna last what's gonna drive your decision-making and like the next path that you take is it like intuition is it your gut is it more logical process are you like a list man I am 100% a list man but I don't think that's what spurs on the changes in my life I, I don't know I, I don't know it's something internal that you can feel and I think everybody has this but with me honestly I think it's a boredom I start to feel it it starts to creep up and and you do what you can to ward it off cross-country skiing um, again chronic masturbation have a couple to too many drinks to ward off the mundane, <laughs> and then the chronic masturbation becomes the mundane, which is even worse. Um, but when I don't know, there's always there's always a breaking point, and so how do you define success then? Like, if you is it just not feeling bored, then you know that's the right path, and that uh, you should do this for a little while. 
I just, it's a hard question. I would probably define success as a series of accomplishments. Um, so if I'm not accomplishing, not necessarily successful, like I'll, I'll come to the end of a contract fairly soon and I'll feel okay about it because I created something. Um, but then that's the end of that. But you accomplished something. I accomplished something. Now are you, is it like another tick on your resume? Is that an yeah, accomplishment for a you? Bit. I kind of have the urge to collect accomplishments yeah. in that sense. Skills and accomplishments, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like that too. Yeah. I think like maybe for some people, like I'm thinking wartime nurse here. The like the successes, I've got the position, I've got the job, and now I've got a family and I'm having some children. That sounds like fairly standard 1950s. Okay, but those aren't your ideals. So accomplishment for you would be to gather knowledge, travel, and are you an inventor? Are you more an ideas man? Are you a startup? Guru, are you are you a maker of a master class online? <laughs> I'm like... definitely not the maker of a master class. <laughs> Nobody should listen to me. No, I'm. Uh... <laughs> we got it. You're I, not gonna I, have I, the the wife and the babies. Yeah, let's let's say let's say startup guru. Okay. Let's say startup guru. Not that I'm a guru of startups in any sense, but I think where where my passion would lie, and you're right, where my accomplishments, where the accomplishments that I would count as solid accomplishments that would that would kind of feed my whole um, sense of purpose would be in creating and building something from the ground up, and then offloading it as soon as it's running. As it my my. My passion is not to run a successful business, it's to create successful businesses. Nice. Yeah. Okay, well now I'm going to ask you a harder question. No shit. How do you define your success in love? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, because I had probably one of the better relationships you'll see in this world, and I, I, don't, I didn't classify it as success in love necessarily. Um, I don't know really what it would take, um, but I'm on the hunt. I believe you know my goal for the end of August. Would you like to share that with the world? He's on a hunt for a husband, everyone. <laughs> so if you know any eligible <laughs> The man who can't be satisfied in a relationship is looking for a husband. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking, if anybody's out there and feels like they're up to the task of dealing with me for the rest of my life, I'm looking for a fia I'm looking to be proposed to or proposed to someone by the end of August. And I feel like I can do it. I, I feel like you can do it as well. Yeah. Um, do you want to know my theory? Yes, of course. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um... Most of the relationships that I've been in, I have fallen into. And I think that's true for most people. You don't, you don't have your list of characteristics you want in a person, like a hard list, like income level, personality traits, fit, like what their family looks like, their ambitions for the future. If you're a 12-year-old girl in elementary school, you sure do. Yeah, but then yeah. By, by the age of 18, 20, you're just like, then please, the next guy who's not a dick, right? Kind of. Well, I think it's like 30. Okay. Yeah, 20 is like anyone will do. Yeah. <laughs> 30 is just like, I hope he's not a dick. Yeah. No, I've, I've always fallen into relationships, and that's not necessarily been bad. I've, I've had really good relationship experiences. Um, but I feel like I have enough experience now that I know specifically what I want in a person and I feel like I'm confident and brave enough in a conversation dating situation to get to the root of it and hopefully not in too much of an intimidating way but I think that I could probably wean out the people that would are amazing people but are not for me 
and find the right type of person for myself. So this really just needs uh, volume at that point, right? We just have to feed it through the filter. I will remind all of our listeners that we're currently situated in Whitehorse, Yukon. <laughs> and he wants volume in his dating life. <laughs> Which is odd because there are exactly five gay men in the north. Probably a lot more curious, but they're, they're hidden behind plaid. Uh, <laughs> so this to accomplish this hefty goal is going to take a handful of vacations. Well, you've already gone on a few. Yeah. Told me. I have. So we're in conquest mode. Like you're on, on a conquest trying to find this human. I'm trying to find this human being. Have you ticked some things off the list that maybe aren't as important as you thought they were during this process? No. No. You're sticking... I'm, sticking I'm planting my feet in. Yeah. All right. So tell me about, like, emotional expectations. So do you feel that this one person that you're going to find can fulfill your needs? Or do you identify more with the idea that multiple people fulfill different parts and pieces to satisfy your expectations? I do not want to put that much pressure on one person. I know for a fact that one person could not satisfy all of the emotional needs that any other person has. That, to think that is, is ridiculous. I'm not necessarily polyamorous. I don't necessarily want to be in a relationship with eight people. Um, <clears throat> no, but they can be platonic relationships that fulfill yeah. those emotional aspects. Of well, your... that's the thing. I was, I've, I've been an anti-monogamous most of my life. I was never really interested in relationships until... Very recently, most of my relationships have been accidental. Until he wanted to get married. Until I wanted to get married. <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's, I think it's um, irresponsible to believe that the person that you're with has the capacity to handle all that. I mean, you could do your best, but you they, will fail. You will fail. <laughs> There's, yeah. and to place that on someone and then be mad at them when they don't. When they don't come through with the goods, I think that's a bit of a dick move. It's a little evil. It's a little evil. I can't check off specific boxes, though, like, like, I don't know, nice well, biceps. How about, how about you, you just tell, <laughs> tell us a couple of things, maybe a couple of shallow things that are on your list, a couple non-shallow items that are on your list okay. of your dream husband. Okay, dream husband. Um Personal personality characteristics, kind is the first one. Kind. Kind. Yeah. Be nice. Like but if not you're, too nice. Mm, eh, no, I like nice. Like really, really. Yeah, yeah not like not like not like anyone. not like pushover. Okay. Like someone who will stand up for themselves, but nice. You okay. know? Like yeah. like somebody who tips twenty percent even though the service was slow because the kitchen was slow. That's what I'm looking for in a man. So you're really looking for a man who knows the difference between the kitchen being slow and a good uh, server? Yeah, yeah, but that has to do with intelligence more <laughs> yeah. than anything else. I just, I, so I want a person who is nice, um, and I want a person who is fearless. I like that. Yeah, nice and fearless is, is the perfect balance for me. That's personality-wise. Um, shallow... I don't know. I have a I have a weird taste in men, so I guess my shallow characteristics would be they'd have to have a bit of a belly and nice nice mat on the chest. Bear. Bear. Bear yeah. e. But Bear-y. no, don't take it too excessed. Um, and let me dive a little bit deeper into that. When I was in my early twenties and I was traveling around the world and I was having a great time bartending and meeting people from all over the world, um, I got the love that I needed from the from the community of people around me. And you know those people, especially working in the, the restaurant industry. They're all around you. It's, everybody holds each other up. There's excitement. There's love. Everybody's close. Um, you sleep in the same bed sometimes. Like, it's it's just a very... All the time. It's, it's a very communal way of living. And I didn't understand the people who needed to have one person in their life to get that kind of thing because I had it all the time. Um, what I realized recently changed for me was I thought that as I grew older, 
um, people that I knew who were those people to me would inevitably fall off. They would find their person, their path. They would have children. They would they would disappear into their own lives, which is completely acceptable. I mean, I believe the world revolves around me, so they should. <laughs> pre- they should stay and do the things that they were doing, but um, I, I knew that it was going to happen. I just assumed that I would be able to find the same thing in people as outside the restaurant. Outside, family. outside the restaurant, I, I just thought that that character would exist through my life. I'd be able to not replace a friend, still value those friendships, but find other people to fill the spot where that love was, so I could continue on the mission. Um, what I have been realizing recently is that those people are all between the age of 19 (laughs) and 25 and at the age of 34, those people are complete garbage to me now. (laughs) (laughs) And not that they're, they're garbage people, but I, I have been that age and I, I was that level of naive I was I was I had that level of energy that excitement I I since have done all those things I have played all those games it's hard to be excited it's hard to be excited about the things that you were excited about when you were in your early 20s because and then you're just you, that old person who's like back to my <laughs> exactly and exactly and it's not maybe it is that we're older now but I think it's just that we've 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 played that game, and there's so many other games to play. So, I don't know. I occasionally come across the style of person who is that bright shining life walking, bright shining light walking around the world, hugging people and licking the walls and smelling feet, and <laughs> and I'll latch onto them. But most, more likely than not, I've already played that game with those people, and there are more games to play. So. How did your lifestyle change from moving from the city to the Yukon in order for you to get to this realization, I guess? You said that you had a group of friends here, so yeah. you would think that they'd be similar to your restaurant family, similar relationships, or are they no. different completely? completely different. Deep, deep friendships. Like, people... Uh, one person specific that I, I went to junior high school with, um, we've known each other for over 20 years, which is hard to say because you never think you can know someone for 20 years when you're, I mean, I guess I'm 34 now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, she's, she's paired up with her fiance. They've been together for 10 years. Still love the absolute balls off them, but uh, they have their own lives. Um, the friends that I've met through them, amazing, amazing people, but professionals, responsible, very hard to get messed up with them on a Wednesday night. <laughs> um, the people that I've met through the restaurant, great, great, great people, but again, some of them are younger and into a different style of living. Um, people like you, I can connect with and we can do things like this and work on projects and, and be just stellar, amazing individuals. But I don't know, it's different. It's just a different style of friendship than that there. I have not found, I have not found that family since. Yeah. Maybe P- picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Everyone then, listening who is part of my family, <laughs> you know who you are, and shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is kind of what leads into the whole husband thing. I, I don't require somebody there at all times, but I do want a partner. A family? No. Just a partner. Just a partner. Partner. Because I, what I'm missing is that camaraderie and the back and forth and the constantly being around and they knows all my secrets and I know all theirs kind of thing. Somebody who, um, you know, sticks up for you and that, that, that whole thing was, was the 20s friend group, you know? So do you think that you came to this realization that you wanted a partner 
because of the isolation here, because of the lack. It could have spurred it on, but okay. I think, if anything, it was just the straw that broke the camel's back. I think this is a long realization coming. Okay. So we've talked about you need to have a husband by August. Can you tell me a bit about your game plan? because time's a ticking time is a ticking time is a ticking what are we now early march yeah march april may june july august i can do this six months to find my soulmate yeah like are you using social media are you using dating apps i basically have just been uh working on lighting techniques um for dick pics (laughs) no No, I um, I, <laughs> I've actually done uh, quite a bit of thinking, um, like we talked about earlier, on the characteristics of person that I want to be with. And I think that was the first step was really getting real with myself about the kind of person I'm looking for, the kind of person I'm not looking for. And then the second portion was, um, I guess, coming coming to... A decision that I wouldn't I wouldn't say yes if it was not immediately apparently that it was right so there are a lot of people I've gone on a number of dates quite a few dates since the decision mm-hmm. um, and I have met some really amazing people some really amazing people but they're and definitely people that I would have dated otherwise and probably fallen into an accidental relationship, and then five years later, I would have been like, "Oh no, it's it's not really right," and then I'd be back in the same spot. I I uh, cut them loose, and not in a mean way or a shitty way. Just a very honest. I'm looking for something very specific right now, and you're an amazing person, but um, but it's not it's not exactly what what I'm looking for, and that wouldn't be good for either of us because. I'd be a shitty individual in this relationship if I ended up in the the wrong one. What specifically are you looking for? Are you looking for that spark, that feeling? No, because I can, honestly, I can fall in love with most people. I'm I'm looking for almost, almost like a resume. I know there has to be the spark and there has to be the love and, and the connection and the banter and everything like that. But the, honestly, I'm looking for kind of a resume. Okay, what is going to be on this resume? <laughs> I want I want someone who's either professional or an entrepreneur or an artist or I want someone who has... Initiative? Initiative, yeah. A, a clearly defined path and has made some progress on that path. Um, no offense to anybody who's starting their path. Um, but I I don't want to, I don't want to start the game halfway in. Like a mentor that you can have sex with? Not, no, definitely not. Cause that's a power dynamic. I do not want to have to deal with. Good answer. No, No, but I, uh, I, I would like somebody who's, who's, who's done things. Someone who's gone to a personal development event and come, come out the other side and has written something about it or somebody who, I don't know. People, somebody who's well on their path. I want somebody who's starting on their path. That, that's that's probably one of the more shallow of of the the characteristics. Not necessarily. I mean, what are you going to give to this person? What's the trade off? Hand jobs, mostly. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've talked about your husband finding. And I'm sure that we will continue to talk about this. <laughs> yes, we will. Coming up. Yeah. But I did want to talk to you more about your experience as a homosexual in the Yukon. So we've made a few comments about there only being like five gay men. And we all <laughs> know them. I mean, that's no exaggeration. There are definitely more than yeah, five. Yeah, there's more than five. Yeah. But um, can you talk about the isolation, how it felt moving here and not... I don't know. Was there a community that kind of welcomed you, or did you have to there find? Is, there is no community. No? There's no gay community <laughs> up here. I went to the the queer film festival, and it was it was, I think, three gay guys in a sea of lesbians. All right. Yeah. If 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 you don't know this, listening, uh, Whitehorse is a lesbian mecca. 
Don't know why it is. And the gays tend to go, I guess, towards coastal cities where you can take your shirt off. Uh, but there are there are not very many gay guys here. As an example, um, I don't know if anyone anyone listening download an app called Grinder and create a fake profile just so you can see how it works. Um, on Grinder, it's it's the it's the Tinder or the um, Bumble or whatever you, whatever you want of the gay world. It's the gay dating app, the main gay dating app. And what it does is it takes your little profile picture and it puts it in a block in the top left corner of the screen. And then the block to the right is the next closest gay person to you. And then the block to the right of that, block to the right of that. And it's like proximity. It's a proximity dating site. Yeah. So you can see kind it's of like where five people degrees are. of separation. Of <laughs> well, in the gay world, it's, it's like one degree of separation. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you can see how close people are and you can see the profile picture and a little bit about them and you can chat with them in a standard city within your first hundred guys, you'd probably get five city blocks. Maybe if you're in downtown Toronto, if you're in downtown Calgary, if you're in maybe less than five city blocks, it might even be just your apartment building. Um, if you're in a high rise in Whitehorse, Within your first 50 profiles, you're in Anchorage, Alaska, which is a 16-hour car ride away. So you can see the stark difference between... You can see the isolation. That kind of says it all. Yeah. So when I say there are five guys, there are more than five guys up here. But well, there's five guys on Grinder. Um, yeah, and it's not that the, the quality of gentlemen up here is lesser in any way. There are amazing people up here. There are amazing gay men up here. But um, I think we just talked about how picky I am with the people that I'm looking for right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think within the first couple of weeks I was up here, I dated um, all of the men on Grinder, And now there are no more. Um, occasionally some poor bastard will wander through town either on business or vacation and he will be fought over by the all of them all of the the grinder so on that note (laughs) (laughs) um what advice do you have for those maybe listening who are also dating and gay and white horse what advice do you have for them import Import. 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 <laughs> Import. What about like their their grinder profiles? Could they use some work? Yes. Yes. All of the grinder profiles in Whitehorse could use some work. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> Not yours. Because right. I know what right. I'm doing, people. All right. Um, but yeah. Do you think that people have just given up? A little I bit. I just think. I just don't think people have been. It's like it's like fashion in Whitehorse. You know. If you grew up in Montreal, you'd be like, oh, look at all these fancy people with their fancy outfits, and you would go out and buy a fancy outfit. If you grew up in Whitehorse and you went on Grinder, you'd be like, look at all these substandard profiles. I'm going to do that. Lowest common denominator. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's lovely people up here. Lovely people. Are there any questions that you'd like to ask those listening? Maybe uh, people that you've met on Grinder, plenty of fish, <laughs> Tinder, whatever you're into. Are there any like, what is the most absurd? Burning, burning question. <laughs> burning question is why do you not use punctuation? That is the that is I've actually gone out on dates with people that I had no sexual interest in in the very least because they use punctuation and and proper grammar. And you respect that and you wanted to I, celebrate that? I want I respect and reward that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I, I I assume the a quality of person when I when I see a, a period at the end of a sentence. Or I guess it's the reverse of that. I assume something about the quality of a person when it's one run-on sentence that describes uh, their personality, their likes, their dislikes, and what they're into in bed. One sentence. One sentence, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) All right. Would you say that Whitehorse is a sex-positive town? Uh, I know there are conflicting views on this, um, but I think so. I think so, yes. Um... 
I think the logistics behind that, for me at least, would be a lot of the population of the Yukon is yuppies, young urban professionals who have come from other parts of Canada to get government jobs and live in the mountains. And those people are generally very open people, open and accepting people. Um, I think it's been that way for a while. I, I, don't, I, I can't speak to what Whitehorse used to be, um, but I have never experienced homophobia up here. If anything, I've experienced the, the reverse of that. Um, wow. Yeah, I really have. Um, and I'm, I know I fly under the radar. I don't have the lisp. I generally don't wear my rainbow tuxedo out in the streets unless it's a special event, but I'm not shy about my sexuality. I generally within, within knowing me for an hour, you'll know that not into the ladies. So I, from what I've experienced and what I've seen, the conversations I've had with people in the Yukon of all ages, um, very sex positive. Um, Besides that, maybe I live in a, I, I, I subscribe to the cult of positivity, so maybe I see the world with rose-colored glasses on, but I feel like I'm open enough about things with people and I have the hard discussions with people and maybe those discussions and my confidence in those discussions change people, but I really haven't seen the the other side of that. All right, well, we're going to wrap up here shortly, but I do have a couple of things to ask you. Shoot. Do you have any uh, short-term goals other than finding a husband that you would like to see come to life? Perfect a Cajun accent. All right, all yeah. right. <laughs> um, I would like to decide on a business to pursue. Um, I would like to do something entrepreneurial fairly soon. My last foray into the entrepreneurial world wrapped up I think two months ago and I'm feeling a strong urge um that's number one physically I'd like to become insanely fit as part of my snagging a husband's goal um I'm not not fit but I would I'd like to more fit. I'd like to be more fit. I'd be yeah. like to be more fit. That's that's the uh, that's the shallow goal, I guess. All right. I don't really want people to love me for my personality. I just just the six pack. Um, also, any um, media that you're finding particularly interesting at the moment? Any music, books, TV? I want to know Rainbow Tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can't read. So that's number one. Um, that's why we're doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we're doing a podcast. Is we're not writing a book. Um, honestly, I have a stack of about 40 books deep on my uh, bedside table. Um, I am not anywhere close to finishing any of them, but they've all been started. Uh, recently I went through Yukon First Nations 101 up at Yukon College and I've done a blanket exercise and I'm very, I'm starting to become very interested in, uh, First Nations rights, the conversation around truth and reconciliation, history of Canada. Um, so probably the inconvenient Indian would be something that I'd be interested in jumping into very soon. Um, music wise, I I'm almost ashamed, but I am a top 40s whore. I like <laughs> music that is, is fun to listen to and everybody else hey, knows. Hey, what's your jam right now? Oh, my God. I have it right here. Hold on. Hold on. Do you want to give some, some sponsorship right now while I pull up my, my Spotify? <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by... No, so my, my, my top songs right now are Live It Up by Jennifer Lopez. That's actually going back on it. Uh, Bones by One Republic and Galantis, and uh, Giant by Calvin Harris. I have no idea any of those songs. I know that. Like, I know the names, <laughs> but I don't know... Uh... You might recognize them. You uh, might recognize them. I'll listen them. to them. Yeah. I'll give you my critique. Yeah. So, the whole purpose of Moswell's intuition is to explore people, their experiences, their journeys, and celebrate them notice them so my last question will be what brings you joy <gasps> um 
most things bring me joy, I'd say. I know that's, that's a very vague answer, but I don't know. Small interactions and nice people. What brings me ultimate satisfaction would have to be, like we were talking about accomplishments and building things and engaging in things. But what brings me joy is, I don't know if you've got this, but I'm, I'm a fairly extroverted person. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, just touching people, you know, getting getting to know people, um, bringing people together. I like it. I like forging new friendships between people, not just necessarily between myself and other people. Um, like, I've made a lot of really good friends through you, and you've definitely made a lot of really good friends through me. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. It's, it's the day-to-day. It's, it's the small things. Well, thank you very much for coming on my very first podcast episode. You're very welcome. I hope I did you a little justice. I hope people aren't bored listening to my ramblings. No, you did well. If anybody would like to ask any questions to the Rainbow Tuxedo, you can definitely do so. And you can look at the episode notes and ways to contact us. Thank you very much. And that's, that's it. All right. <laughs>